Yeah, so today, you know, in the time that we're in, it's a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of people are looking towards, you know, getting generational or building generational wealth. And um, you know, when you plant a seed in the ground, you you can't reap the benefits of the harvest when you plant the seed, you know, it comes after. And what I love about, you know, creative designing and, and things of that nature when it comes to like architectural designs and, 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 you know, creative living spaces, I believe it's a great uh, alternative and a way for us to live like well below our means. So that way we can save enough. We can be in the position we can save enough. So that way we can use that extra, uh, that extra money to be able to put into other assets that then generate an income for us. And that way we can we can leverage our time much better. Uh, today on Financial Frenemies, I have a brother that does just that. Um, he is in he is an architectural designer, uh, a practitioner. He studied it. He went to USC. Um, he was recently accepted uh, to the Harvard uh, Harvard Business School, um, and he was inspired by his family uh, to get into this. And we got him here today. What's going on, brother Gaston Smith? Good to have you. How you doing, man? Pleasure to be on your podcast. Appreciate you. <laughs> Likewise, brother. Hey, you know, you out there in California, and um, that's a that's a that's an excellent place to be. Uh, you know, doing what you're doing because you know it's 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 kind of like if you you know in the game Monopoly, you know, uh, Boardwalk is really expensive, and <laughs> I think in California just like that. So uh, <laughs> what you're doing out there, I'm sure it's uh, it, it's you, you're pretty busy out there. Is that correct? Yeah, man. Uh, City of Angels. I'm staying out here. I've been out here about going on 10 years now. It's uh, a lot of opportunity out here. I've just yeah. been kind of just pushing and trying to just make connections and find what fits. And uh, it's, it's led me to some good places. Yeah. And you from you from uh, from Texas originally, right? Yes, sir. Dallas, Fort Worth. Fort yeah. Worth specifically. Okay. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so how long how long have you been um how long have you been working in uh in architectural design oh uh, so i went to usc university of southern california school of architecture in 2010 i graduated uh from their five-year bachelor program so graduated in 2015 i had a job immediately for this company called raytheon uh, aerospace company and that was doing tenant improvements, like designing their offices and laboratories uh, for the various projects that they have going on within their company. And uh, so about professionally, one on five years. So 2015 okay. to now. Hey, and you still moving with it. Yeah. Yeah, I had to quit right. that. <laughs> had to get out of there. Yeah. yeah. What's up with that? I couldn't do the nine to five, man. I was sitting at a desk for uh, nine hours a day. I just, I felt like a lot of my time was getting taken from me in a way that wasn't really conducive to my growth. I was feeling stifled. I was feeling like I couldn't be creative. I was doing the same egg crate cookie cutter thing every day and it started right. to eat at me. So I uh, tried to find different solutions to get out of that situation. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because you're, you know, in architecture design and you felt, you know, that's you're supposed to be, you know, creative. You guys are creative people by nature. 
And so you're saying the very place that you worked at, you felt like you didn't have that creative space to do uh, what you wanted to do. Can you tell me, you know, elaborate a little bit more about that? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, this company wasn't like a real architectural firm. Like it wasn't based on design or, you know, they weren't doing creative things. This Raytheon is more of a, uh, you know, a defense company. So they create radars and missiles and things like that. That's their focus. So. Uh, I wanted to kind of improve the workspace and the lifestyle of those employees, but, you know, the budget, and I, I guess they weren't listening to my ideas, so I, I had to find a different way to get my ideas out. Yeah. And, uh, started looking into entrepreneurship. I got into graphic design first because that was a nice little segue and side hustle to uh, working a nine to five. I could do that stuff at home. I could sketch uh during during work sometimes i could uh i got into logo design which uh really helped kind of ease mm-hmm. my mind and allow me to save enough money for me like six months rent it's allowed me to save enough money for me to have a peace of mind and feel like i could do whatever it is that i wanted to do um, right yeah so you didn't just walk away you you had to put in that extra that extra uh grind to be able to uh to be able to have enough so that way you can you can walk away comfortably right right yeah i would never recommend anybody to just randomly quit their job because that's not that's not the best decision yeah. to make but if you can start yeah. to build yourself a little cushion under you know that'll that's help right. your mental space and yeah you'll feel like especially if you have enough uh in your savings to know that you can survive three to six months you, you, you feel like you can figure it out. You're like, okay, I got three, six months to figure something out. Like, yeah, right. let's do this. <laughs> right. And you know, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, you know, he taught the still away method, which is basically what you're talking about, where you, you, you know, you, you, you put yourself in a position where you are able to save and then you can use that to start your own thing. And then with, but also with an addition to that, he talks about, you know, taking the skills that that you currently do within that workspace mm-hmm. and then you know you know looking for opportunities as well where you can improve that very business mm-hmm. and uh, so that way when when it's time for you to make that shift you can take not only the extra money that you saved up um but you can also take the skills you know and and and, and some ideas and then you can you can you know implement that into you know whatever whatever it is that you want to do on the side um, so that's that's very interesting that you did just that and uh, and obviously you're successful. Um, so, you know, that's that's awesome, brother. Um, but how long have you been an entrepreneur? Um, I would say about since like 2017 is when I started uh, doing things on my own. OK. Officially, okay. I, I created yeah. uh, Guest Creative, which is um basically all the creative services that I can provide uh, combined in, in one space I uh I'm very open-minded so I'll look to combine the different disciplines that I that I am good at and I'm proficient at to create like a better product um that that segue of studying architecture and graphic design and uh yeah and sustainable solutions got me into designing homes out of shipping containers and mobile spaces out of shipping containers 
uh, which is Man. even more exciting. And that's what I do now. Yeah, that's what's up, brother. So, so Gaston Creative, that's the logo, right? Is that the, that's the logo design? Yeah, guess that, yeah. Okay. It, okay. It started as just logo design, but now I'm able to do more things. So it's, it's more of a multidisciplinary design. Okay. Okay. And then for the, for the shipping containers, what is that? What is that called? Uh, that company I, I work with, um, and I found a partner, her name is Catalina Klein. Uh, she started this company called Cube Living, which, which was basically established to provide an alternative solution to uh, homes, to, you know, home design, especially since homes and properties are extremely expensive, especially in LA and, um, you know, big market areas. We wanted to find a solution that was within reach. And um, I found her kind of cold, cold emailed her, got to know her from there and, you know, let her know about my skills and what I could provide. And we kind of collaborated. And now we're creating designs that are within, within reach for people. They're more affordable homes that are responsible uh, in right. terms of sustainability, but also they, they look good, they look dope. They pro, I promote modern design in all of my, um, in all of my projects. And uh, we're, we're, we're striving to like redefine the functionality and experience of space through thoughtful design and original ideas and creative solutions. Yeah. And, and shipping containers are a great tool um, for me because it's kind of like adult Legos. I can take those and customize them exactly the way you want it. And uh, <laughs> which is pretty dope. I can't wait to design my own home one day, but right now I'm looking forward to designing any space that people can envision uh, yoga studios, like anything your mind can think of. You can do a music studio, podcast studio. Like, so y'all get, y'all get requests for all those different types of spaces. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Mm -hmm. Cause we, um, we marketed it in the beginning, just saying that you can literally do anything with these, like the potential is limitless. And so I've, I've done a couple interesting builds already. I've done a um, private gym in Malibu. I've done a greenhouse for a, for a high school in East LA. And I've done a wine tasting bar in Napa Valley. Um, mm. Someone okay. just has recently to do like a, a mobile sushi bar. You know, I'm down for whatever. I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. That's why that's what that's the importance in that partnership that, you know, that you have. You you bring the design skill and, you know, in, in conjunction to what um, all the other uh parts of the process and I wanted to ask you as well like exactly what is the process you know for a typical design um in terms of like from 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 the design aspect of what you do mm -hmm. uh and uh, up to up to the, the 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 build uh for those that don't know or have no idea about this because you know traditionally when it comes to you know getting a, a home or a, you know different uh spaces for business um you know we just buy real estate you know, it's already built, you know, or, you know, it's maybe maybe a new construction home or it might be used. But none, nonetheless, we're not most people are not, you know, starting off with a piece of land and then getting a designer in there uh, to build. Um, so what is that? What can you tell me about just generally about that process? How does right. that that work? So the process is uh, it's pretty extensive, but it's worth it because it's you know, it's something that you create custom, you know, for you or for your business needs. But we um, basically, 
So we start out with a feasibility study. You come to us with, you know, I want this type of project. Maybe you want a home. Uh, for example, we'll, we'll start with someone wanting a home. They, they'll come to us and say, I'm looking for a container home. I think it's very cool. I don't know anything about it. I know I want a two bed, uh, two bath home. Uh, what, what do I do? What, what should I do next? And so we ask them if they have a property already or if they're looking at properties. Um, and if they're looking at properties, we suggest that they look for properties that already have the utilities on site um, and doesn't necessarily have, like, there people, a lot of people look at hillside properties, which are, you know, it starts getting complicated when you try to build your home on a hill. So we, we, yeah. we, check, we check the feasibility of the property that they have and along with the budget. So that's kind of like the feasibility, looking at their site, what's needed for the site, uh, and how big of a space we can build on the site based on their budget and the property size. And from there, okay. we got a, We got an idea of what can be done. And then, then we just talk to the client, understand what they're actually looking for, what their tastes are, what, what spaces they frequently have it in their home. Like if you're a person that likes to kick it in their living room, um, I, I, would, I would design so the, home, the living room is more of the staple. If a person like is a, is a homebody and likes to be in their bedroom all the time, I would make sure that the bedrooms are more um, adequately designed for their yeah. life. And um, yeah. that, that's the whole conceptual, conceptualization phase, the design phase that we go through. And uh, once I design that completely, uh, the client approves. They're like, okay, I, I like this design. I like the layout of the home. I like how the windows are placed. I like all this open space um, that I have in my home then i uh, we take those documents and we uh get those we, we do a cost estimate just to see how much it is just to make sure that it's within client's budget and then if that all is okay we'll get them engineered and get construction documents made and those are okay. what you submit to the city and okay because you, so you're going to need those to get those approved by the city and then once those are approved we then take those documents back and ship it Give that to our fabricators and we have fabricators strategically placed all around the u.s um, so that we can work around the u.s so we can get people homes all over uh okay cube living is a design and project coordination company we don't make we don't make these containers ourselves we we build the partnerships with people that do make it but we design right. it for you because we understand containers now now real quick though the these shipping containers um for people that don't know, obviously, you know, we have, we got to get all these products and stuff from coast to coast. So these, these containers are coming off these boats, right? No, the, these fabricators, they either buy them. You can only use one trip or new containers for home construction. You don't want to use okay. a container because it could have toxins. Is, it could is that just in California? Because I did, I did read up on that, um, that that was a requirement for California. Yeah. Um, because I know these shipping containers, most of them are, are going from China, Japan, you know, coast to coast. And right. they have they put all kinds of stuff in there. Um, yeah. So is that, is that just for California or is that for every state? So like when when they ship these containers from China or wherever, it's literally not worth the cost for them to ship it back. So they will ship it here yeah. and okay. they'll just sit in a shipping yard. And so those are called one trip containers. If it came one time, it wasn't used again. Those, okay. those containers can be used for construction in California. California requires that you can only use 
one trip containers or new containers because they don't want to uh, be involved and take the risk of using a used container that could have toxins in the wood or um, rust and structural damage and all that kind of stuff. So they. Mm. Okay, I thought it would be a lot more simple because it's just the you know iron, uh, you know, uh, just the iron container. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know that's why I was that's why I was curious if that was just for California or if that was for all the states. That's interesting though. Um, but we just we just keep that same energy for all of other okay. um, all other states. You know, just okay, just keep that same level of quality. Yeah. Okay, so you got so you got that. So that's the that's that phase. And then you know, in terms of the cost, um, what are the 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 costs? Because I heard that is having a, a, a container home built um, is like twenty percent less than a new construction home. Um, is that true? Um, and like, what exactly is like like the cost of getting one of these? Like like what? It, how cheap? Because people say it's cheaper, but. Like how cheap it, how, how much cheaper is it? Like, how do you figure out? And I know it varies from, you know, depending on square footage and, you know, the design and all that stuff, but just um, like for like a, for like a simple home, uh, like a, maybe like a, a thousand or 2000 square foot home. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how do you, how do you compare? Like when somebody's asking you, like, what's the difference in the price? How do you give them a comparison to know like what they're getting into? It's tough. Or do you, I know, I know you focus on the design part specifically and that maybe that might not cover because you have, like you said earlier, you have to like, uh, you have the foundation, you know, and that, that probably cost. Right. Um, and, you know, of course the design as well. And, so, uh, and then also getting the build, having the builders actually put it together and all that stuff aside from the design. Um, it really just but, depends on where, you know, where you're building, because for example, um, it's a lot more cost beneficial in an area where it costs a lot to build. Like for example, like in California or New York or um, something like that, that the cost savings is way more, but if you're in a smaller, smaller market, like maybe like Texas or somewhere in, you know, in the South or, um, you know, anywhere in the mid U S it's, it's a lot cheaper to build. So when it's a lot cheaper to build, the costs are, pretty similar because okay. every, everything that's going in a home is going into the shipping container home. It's, it's just, you're building out the inside of a container with right. they're going to be in a normal home. So, right. It, right. I just, I just learned about that too. You know, like they actually put the, you know, the wood structure inside the container. Yeah. So, you're house in it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, and I was also thinking that, you know, that I was like, maybe just maybe because the house, like the shell, basically the shell of the house is a, is an iron, you know, metal container. And yeah. I just think about like with a typical home, like the roofing, you know, the leaks and stuff that people get over time. And that's why, you know, they have these contractors that come um, and uh, or these roofers that come, you know, you know, around the neighborhoods and they, they market, you know, after so many years. Cause they, they know how long these roofs last. Mm-hmm. And so they go to neighborhoods and they market, um, you know, uh, a whole, uh, uh, you know, renovation of the roof, or, you know, new, new shock, uh, shackling or whatever um, to, to, for this, for that problem, to solve that problem. And it's, I'm thinking that maybe containers have a solution in that area. Yeah. You know, since they're built out of cord and steel, like any openings that you have just are waterproof and yeah, you can waterproof those openings 
then you'll be set because you know it, it's made to ship across the seas and have water literally thrown at it it's it's, mm-hmm. it's made for that kind of um, weather conditions so if you can yeah. as we we waterproof those openings and any any openings that we make in the container we waterproof them like the the container home is like very very can be very waterproof and which would be great for uh longevity you know what i'm saying right i was even thinking like in terms of the structural structure compared to you know a typical wood home um you know termites is you know a big thing and i'm thinking if you have a if, if that if the if the wood is inside of the the metal steel container then it's less likely that you have that uh you know you don't have that contact the, yeah. the you know to the foundation so it's, it's less likely for um termites to to you know get right. in that wood and start breaking down the structure over time um yeah, that's another advantage yeah man this is really interesting i think it's a great solution um you know honestly man like i'm thinking for people who want to get a container built for whatever what business uh or for a home to live in i'm thinking man you can literally have a home design you can get some land um and you can you can you can you can plan to build something within your budget and, and you can add on to it in the future. So um, like how many containers do people typically get for like uh, for like um, if they're if you're if you're designing a like a like a like the same space of a of a, of a two story house, how many containers would that roughly be? Two uh, two story home, oh. or one or one story, uh, um, just to kind of get a. Uh... It's like so many different ways I can lay lay them out. It it just depends on how much square footage you like. For example, um, three three forty foot containers gives you nine hundred and sixty square feet. So if you that's mm, okay, basic basic right. size. It's not too big, but not small either. Is that, okay. That's, it's like a 40 by 40 foot by 24. Uh, so, so six containers would be what? Uh, 1800 feet, 1800 square feet. Yeah, roughly. Okay. And then I noticed that people space them out and then they create these little outdoor corridor uh, uh, quarters where you have, the, you know, you can have like um, a mixture of like inside, outside, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Type yeah. of spacing. And then another thing I seen that really I, I was really interested in, I think people would like is the, the the ability to you know um make these very large cutouts in the because the steel is very strong mm-hmm. and have these and have a lot of light you know a lot of windows and stuff like that um yeah. i think that's pretty cool that's how i try to uh i try to incorporate that in all my designs a lot of natural light a lot of indoor, yeah. outdoor space and connection because as we see in COVID, it's it's nice it's it's nice to be outside sometimes. So to be able to right, <laughs> yeah, nice at home and then go outside immediately, you can feel the sunlight. You know, it's all yeah. good. Your your mental state, and your emotional, emotional. Right. Yeah. Uh, one thing I really like about uh, the possibility of these containers is being able to put like rooftop decks on them. You know, you imagine just you know kicking in your home, you're like oh I want to go outside. You go outside and just walk up the stairs and you just kicking on top of your roof. Right, bro, brother. That's another thing. And that's additional, that's additional uh that's square footage if you think about it in terms of space. 
Exactly. Um, because you know, like a typical house with the with the uh, the, the slanted roof roofs, you know, people are not going to go out. I mean, even if you got a ladder, you ain't going to go chill on your roof because it's 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 not really, you know, it's not made for that. But right, if you can have a have like some type of deck out like that extends, you know, off the side of the top of the 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 the, the top of the container, mm-hmm. man, and have some type of like you know rail or something just to you know so that way you know no 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 accidents happen. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> but yeah, bro, that that's a that's grill uh, up there, some seating, maybe like a nice little couch. You know, you can really have a have yourself a vibe up there. I know I yeah. want that once I uh, design my own. I definitely want to have a rooftop deck. I promise you. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I was looking at this. There's this guy out in um, in Joshua Tree. Uh, I was looking the other day. A guy had bought like 20 acres. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 10 acres in Joshua Tree, which is like the desert up there in California. And uh, and he just he he went up there. He bought the land and he started building. Uh, had a, a container home built um, out there. And I was just like thinking like, wow, you know, people have an opportunity to create living spaces, you know, and even remote areas where the land is very cheap and they can Airbnb it as a vacation spot. And then, you know, when when they want to use it, when they want to go on a a vacation or let's say they just want to they want to live somewhere different, um, you know, because there's a lot of like nomadic type of living right now because the technology allows people to work from from anywhere they want to work. Um, so we could literally design a lifestyle where we can, we can, we can go to another state and stay and occupy that property, um, for that period of time. And then when we want to go back to our home base in a different state, then we can, we can just put it back on Airbnb or whatnot and, and, and make some money, uh, that way. So it's just, it's just interesting. So many different things that you can do. And, you know, it's just creative, man, all just the whole everything about it man is just so creative and uh that's why that's why i think that this is uh it's it's this is not going nowhere and it's going to continue to uh to you know become more popular over time um do you see a lot of black people in this space um in terms of one property or in terms of design in terms of doing what you do in terms of architectural designing um not really there okay. is uh, NOMA, which is an organization for Black architects. So there, there are some. There are you know a few, mm-hmm. and they, they band together, and okay. that that is nice to see. But in general, I don't have a lot of examples of you know Black designers or Black architects. Like right. even even in USC, you know this is. Uh, it was a top 10 architectural school and nation at the time when I was there, you know, throughout the whole five year, 10 year program that I, that I studied in, they didn't teach about really any black architects. And there was a prominent black architect from Los Angeles itself. His name was Paul Williams and he designed some beautiful homes around and even designed, uh, I think a watchtower and at LAX's airport, I didn't, yeah. I, was, I didn't learn about that at all until after I graduated on my own when I was just looking up things. So it, yeah. there's not a lot of examples for me. And so I hope that I get to a place where I can be that for other designers. So, um, you know, just to give some kind of uh, relatability because design is dope. I know about yeah. uh, 
David Adjay, he, he, I may have messed up his name, but he's a, he's a black architect from London, the uh, England area. I'm not sure the exact area, but I know he puts out great, great work. He designed the African-American Museum in uh, DC. Okay. And what? That, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I looked at people like that, but in general, there's not a lot of uh, great examples for me to, you know, be inspired hey. from. Hey, you know, and that's a that's a void, and I and I believe brothers like yourself have a have a you have a wide open for you to actually be that example because a lot of times we look for people to inspire us, but you know, you know, God will put you on a, on a certain path um, for you to be that 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 example for the next generation to come or your current generation. Um, so there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, good things that can come out of that situation, and I think, man. You should definitely, uh, you know, look into that. You know, you could create all kinds of different other products that, you know, based on solving that problem. You know, and I, you know, mm-hmm. I seen this that that as well. And and when I went to university, they didn't really, uh, you know, they didn't really talk about black people who contributed to these various sciences. You know, and honorable Mister Louis Farrakhan, um, who was a leader for black people in, in America and really throughout the whole entire world, he gave us an example uh, or an, an analogy. And he said that if you were to, you know, be in a group picture and, you know, somebody showed you that picture, you are likely to look for yourself, not because you're a selfish person, but everyone wants to see themselves, you know, mm-hmm. and as a, as a, as a people, you know, we want to see other black people that we want to see people that look like us that accomplish things because it's motivational. You know, it's it's, it's kind of like when you when you see everybody other than yourself, that's from that's not from your culture, that's that's doing great things. And you don't see, you know, your, uh, you know, accomplishments, accomplishments from your people. It, 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 it kind of it doesn't give you that motivation, you know, right. That the other people get, you know, <laughs> Yeah, so it doesn't feel within reach when you see somebody that is doing yeah. it like you, you feel like oh yeah I could do that too then or right actually generally I just respect what the person's done because I can see myself in it mm-hmm. yeah. right and now that you're you know you so you went to you went to USC which is you know a, a widely known uh, uh, school in, in California um, and you, you you know you you went through the whole the whole program up there and graduated. Um, did you see any type of uh, differences like between what you learned in school and then actually like now that you're in, now that you're actually doing this, did you did you notice any inconsistencies or things that could have been better to prepare you for the actual, re- you know, actually doing it? Um, I would say their biggest strength was bringing out the creativity and um, the uniqueness in all of us as designers. It, it was a smaller class. We only had like a hundred and something students in my, in my year. Um, okay. But USC focused a lot on, you know, creativity and design and pushing the boundaries and, they, they focus a lot on sustainability and designing for, for the environment. So that was beneficial. But I feel okay. like what they were really conditioned for was to be employees. They didn't really 
they didn't they didn't structure their program in a way to for all of us to be our own architects to be our own uh, yeah. our own firms to you know do our own thing it was more right. so just a cog in the system like I'm good at rendering I'm good at sketching I'm good at designing but like how how to actually run a business the entrepreneurship aspect of uh, architectural design wasn't focused on and I feel yeah. like that is that would be greatly beneficial for everyone and I wish I had that and I thought about taking entrepreneurship classes just separately but it didn't fit my curriculum at the time and I wish okay. I could have. yeah you know though you know you focus on the actual learning you know the actual design part you know so it's like um it's hard maybe hard for people to learn both that because you need you first you have to learn the skill and then you learn how to implement the skill for yourself so yeah you know that's that's another void that's another void uh, that they had me doing like really you know arts and letters classes stuff that wasn't helpful at all to me in in the future so i feel like those classes could have been substituted for something more uh, yeah more along the direction but what yeah. you're saying is true. Yeah, that's a void that needs to be filled. And uh, I'm trying to feel that. <laughs> that's right. I'm trying to feel that. <laughs> Are there any financial obstacles that you had to overcome to start the business? I know earlier, you know, you mentioned that you had to save up to, you know, make that switch from, you know, you know, being in, just an employee to actually, you know, doing your own designing. Um, what was that? What was that like for you? in terms of, you know, you, you saved up this money and now, now you have to go and figure out where to put the money at and how to spend it. Uh, were there any type of things that you did wrong or you, you could have, you know, you wish you would have, things that you wish you would have known that you would have done differently, you know, with that money or uh, things of that nature? Um, let's see. I, I was pretty strategic in how I took upon this, entrepreneurship journey I, I had to take a pay cut for sure going from a nine to five but I still kind of I figured out how much I needed in order to live comfortably and within a lifestyle that I, that I like and uh, so basically I budget, budgeted that just to get all my bills paid and uh, so I didn't I haven't necessarily struggled per se but I definitely had to take a I had to be humbled I had to you know, not spend as much on things that I want to spend, but, you know, I'm always hustling. So I'm trying to find different ways to make money. I just, I designed an ATV recently, got it ordered from China. Yeah. Got it sitting here. I put it together, put it on offer up and like made a $1,400 profit and within like a month and a half. So like, yo, I just, brother, that's money. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man thanks I, i'm just trying to find different ways to hustle but my, my dad always yeah. told me uh always keep your hustle and so that's something i've I kept with me so i i haven't necessarily struggled because i'm always trying to figure out what the next move is right uh, i know that i want to be in, in a different a lot different financial situation but i'm doing what i can with what i got right now i just got robin hood this past year and got into investing in some stocks and it was a great time apparently because of COVID made everything dip, you know, and I learned yeah. that stocks are very emotional, uh, emotionally based. And if you can, mm-hmm. if you can uh, interact with that, 
that method of investment without putting your emotions in it, you'll reap yeah. the Sure. Yeah, that's why they say I, I, you know, I have heard that that uh, people, you know, they they see the, they see the market drop and then they, you know, they get scared and, and then they, they they freak out. They pull their money out and then that's when they lose. So it's kind of like those that are able to to, to to see have have provision and, you know, look into the future and say, look, I know it dipped, but it's going to go right back up. Those like are the that people that, that benefit. You know, what's interesting, though, like what you're saying, you know, in terms of the entrepreneurship aspect of what you do, like I can't I can say that I've that that, you know, you're definitely investing in yourself. That's all what I see all throughout, like everything you're, you know, from 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 graduating and working in, in that space to being shifting to doing your own thing. You know, you have to save up and then you have to put your money into 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 yourself invest in yourself you know even with you know the atv that you that you that you uh you you design right from from china yeah um mm-hmm. that Perfect. that like you have to put money you have to put your money up um in order to you know to be able to like flip that right and so because i don't know anybody in china but i still yeah. made and sent my money over there hope, and hoping they was gonna send it back and they yeah did. yeah yeah, I, I think, as you were saying, like, investing in yourself is extremely important because, like, you know, your knowledge and your experience is what's going to help you move forward and take take the next steps forward and wherever you're trying to go. Right. Uh, I've, I've been listening to a lot of Earl Nightingale recently. Uh, I've, I've listened to this one video that he has. I've been listening to it every day for the past month and a half. And it's really, like, restructured, like, my my mindset on success and he 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 words it beautifully he said um success is not i'm paraphrasing but su- success is not necessarily you know getting the the nice car or the nice house or all these materialistic things but it's it's just uh it's the progressive realization of a worthy ideal or striving for a worthy goal like just getting better incrementing incrementally at what you're what you're striving for that's success and so I, yeah constantly investing myself i've been keeping this uh this faith like just deep down i know i'm gonna I'm figure it out like anytime someone comes to me someone comes to me with a problem some problem comes up with like cube living or something like that or or yeah. uh, anything really i just my response is all right we'll figure it out like i don't freak yeah. out about stuff. Like, I'm like, all right we'll figure it out what is, how are we gonna figure it out don't don't stress that's right. Now, peace of mind, <laughs> peace of mind is everything. Important. Now, now, what do you do to? I always wonder what creative people do to, to to upkeep that creativity. Is it just something that you got, and then you don't have to do nothing to maintain it, or because I know you, you're, uh, I know you into um, like what is it, mixed martial arts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know you you do that. Is it, does that help with your creativity? That's a big stress reliever for me, for sure. I uh, I do Jeet Kune Do, which is a martial art. It's uh, Bruce Lee's philosophy. Uh, and he he had a brilliant philosophy on just the world and uh, and how to fight and things like that. I, I originally got into it just so I can be able to feel comfortable feel comfortable with protecting myself and my future family. That's that's why I got into it. But as I have done it more and seen like the improvements and seeing uh, 
based on my consistency and dedication, I've been doing it for a year and a half. I go four days a week and I, I see in constant improvements and being able to, you know, I can hit a, hit a pad and things like that just to get your frustrations out, especially when like something doesn't go well at work. I know that I can go train and things are going to just feel, feel good and comfortable. And I feel like I'm progressing at something, even if, um, you know, there's hiccups and whatever, anything else that I'm doing. Yeah. And that's been a great stress reliever for sure. That's a good out. That's a good outlet too. You know, I think that, you know, it's, it's important to do that. So that, that's what you do to keep, keep up your creativity as well, uh, or just channel that, that energy in the right direction. Um, what else? Another thing is just taking my ego out of it. Um, a lot of my creativity, I'm trying to just solve problems for other people. I try to take my ego out of it. And then that allows me to not really get stifled in the, in the same way uh, because it's, it's, it's doing something for someone else and what their likes and dislikes are. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to create the biggest masterpiece and not, not feeling the pressure you know, being, um, you know, being great, but just like getting the job done creatively. How, how am I going to creatively solve this problem? All right. Different frame of lens. Um, I see what you're saying though. You know what? Cause now that you say that I'm thinking like if a person is like, like yourself is really, if you're passionate about designing, like as you're designing stuff and you're, you're into it, you might be like, oh yeah, I think it's better if you put the window right here and do this and do that. But then you have to remind yourself, like, okay, this is I'm designing this for somebody else. I'm not designing it for me. Exactly. Is that what you mean by like taking your ego out of it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Not for me, it's for somebody else. Same with mm-hmm. my logo designs and things like that. I just try to remove the ego. I just like, okay. Um, oh yeah. How can I how can I implement good design in doing what you want? And right. That yeah, sounds like a lot to do with balancing. You have to balance, you know. Everything, yeah, balancing everything, bro. Yeah. Now I can just wipe my hands off. Okay, I knew customers satisfied, clients satisfied. I can move on, and yeah, it doesn't stress me out in the same way. How do you? How do you? Uh, so, do you get a with your partnership? Do you get like a commission from the design, or do you just get the outright, you know, cost per design? How does that work? How does it, your partnership work? For those that may be interested in, in pursuing uh, this this type of entrepreneurship, yeah, negotiation is everything, man. You gotta uh, recognize your value and what you're doing. For me personally, it's uh, basically to get the this business off the ground and helping her and also helping myself. I just had had her pay for all my be able to pay for all my expenses, so I so okay. then I be able to design comfortably. And then from there, we move to the profit sharing. So when uh, design gets completed, I get a you know percentage of the profits. And, okay. And then that negotiation is going to move forward as we continue to grow. So it's it's mm-hmm. kind of just building together. And do you guys have a separate marketing company that, or do, or, or do you guys like? How do you guys do that aspect? Is that is that is that something that's uh, a, a third party that does that for you guys, or is that within that whole company? That's within the company. We got a cold dude on our team um, that's gotten us to be the number one shipping container Instagram in the world, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> Not just the United States, but the world. So, like, I think wow. I how many followers we have, but uh, it's a significant amount. And I was extremely proud 
of uh, him. His name is Max. He's uh he's he's been doing his thing. You, you yeah. they can see him on our on our website and our meet our team. He's uh yeah he's cold blooded with that for sure. Okay. Wow. So y'all 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 number one and um. Yeah, one hundred seventy-one thousand followers is the most. And okay. Um, yeah, the most for container um, Instagrams for sure. Yeah. That's that's awesome. I love it. I love it, brother. And um, you know, you you're you're forging away, um, and you're making you're making it uh, you know, other options into different living spaces, man. I think that it's time. You know, I, I when I went to college, I I, I did um, I studied agriculture, um, and I took I took an environmental design class. It was it was a you know prerequisite to graduate. I remember the professor talking about ways to reduce the carbon footprint. And, you know, you know, he, he said that if everybody has a, a big home, like the typical American dream, then, you know, in terms of sustainability, that wouldn't work. Um, and I believe that this type of creative living, it, it helps. And the way you design around the actual use of the living space for each client, that makes sense because, you know, these houses that people have, you know, it's like everyone wants to have this big home. And, and you know, like black folks, like, you know, grandma said, don't go in that living room or in that dining room. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big. Off limits room. Don't touch that couch. You got the, the right uh, saran wrap on the couch or whatever. The plastic. The plastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, going forward, like, you know, if we're going to become financially free, it was Dr. Umar Johnson. I watched a video recently and he was, he was saying about black people. He said, if we're behind, he said that, how can we spend more if we're behind? Right. How can we spend more than they, and you know, we can't, you know, the, 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 the fact that we, 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 uh, we, we, we overspend like in almost every aspect when it comes to clothing, when it comes to, um, you know, just consumer products, electronics, uh, electronics, um, or even housing. And I think that we don't need as much of space as we think. We really have been spoiled, you know, in, in, our, in our thinking that we should have this, you know, this American dream of having this big, huge home and all these empty rooms. And, you know, and it, it, we don't really think about the next generation. You know, we just, it, that's, that's, that's a problem that I see that within, within the, you know, uh, as a people, man, that we have to, we have to be more, we have to shift our thinking to focus on the next generation instead of focusing on what we want now. Cause we come from a, we, it's like, we come from a, from, from this, um, um, this mindset of scarcity. Right. And, and, but we want to have as much as we can right now before we die, when we really should be thinking about let's create the, the world is abundant, has an abundance, you know, opportunities and resources. But we should be thinking about adding abundancy of opportunity for the next generation. And I think that what you do uh, with this creative space, creative uh, container homes and just overall design, I think is an integral point, an integral uh, role that you play in helping us get to the next step. So, brother, anybody coming behind you and going and while following your footsteps, what advice would you give to them? Keep striving, man. Just don't quit. Just find what you like to do. Learn constantly, you know, always be constantly learning. Build great connections. 
try to yeah. try to meet the right people, put yourself in the right places. Don't be um, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to cold email somebody. Don't don't be afraid to let people know what you do. All right. Keep your hustle up. And yeah, <laughs> that's what I that's the advice I would give. Awesome. Yeah, brother. So um with that said, um, I appreciate having you on and I, I would love to connect with you again. Um and and you know, see what else you're doing in the near future. Um, but for those who are listening, um, where where can where can the people find you? Appreciate you having me. Um, if you are into if you're looking into container homes, go to cubeliving.com, K-U-B-E-D living.com. If you're looking to connect with me personally, you can find me on my Instagram at Gaston Corday. That's uh, at G-U-E-S-T-O-N-C-O-R-D-A-E. And uh, you can find the rest from one of those two. Appreciate it again, man. And uh, hopefully you know, I can uh, come back on. Yeah, I do. I do. I do want to have you back on, man. I I talk to a lot of real estate agents and, um, you know, I've been trying to challenge, you know, some some of the uh, ideology behind, you know, the the traditional thinking. And like what I like, what I'm excited about with what you do is that it's like it's not traditional at all. I mean, when you just think about design, period, like it's about it's about doing things that are new, that haven't been done before, pushing the you know, what I mean, so like a lot of people don't know about container homes as an option. People are just right. like, oh, you know, I got to try to save up to get this, you know, three, four hundred thousand dollar house. Like, right. no, you can actually, you know, you can actually get a piece of land and build a container home and for your family in, in, in like, you know, a, a significantly less price. Hey, bro, I love what you're doing, man. I love your uh, your Instagram, man. I think it's I think it's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to take a few uh, pointers from you. Because I like how versatile you are and you don't you don't put yourself in a box. You're very creative. That speaks to your um, to you as a designer and period, because honestly, if somebody if I was going to have somebody design something for me, I, I don't want to see them their whole um, image as some person that's just too well kept in a box, you know, afraid to do this or do that. You know, you do it all. You express yourself. You, you know, art is a form of expression. And design is a form of art, so you're, you're all up in that, man. The fight, the the, the you know, whether you dancing or you know the, the I can I keep forgetting the name Quan Don whatever yeah. Yeah. G Kondo yeah G yeah that yeah. all that man that's what's up, bro. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna continue to follow you, man. Keep doing what you're doing, bro, and uh, we'll talk soon. Good having you, brother. Appreciate you, Bashir. Talk later. Yes, sir.